You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Glenn. Hey, how's it going? Glenn, on behalf of me and all of my listeners, I'd like to apologize for how they killed you off in The Walking Dead. That was the most savage shit I had ever seen in my entire life. Oh, bro, did I have it coming? No, I got, I got murdered, right? It's been, yeah. it's been like two yeah. years since I watched that. I was about to say, that was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in The Walk, in any TV show. His eye was like full on popped out of his head. Negan took it uh, back to his head. I had to rewind it like 10 times and I was about to puke. Right, yeah. He uh, he crushed my head with a bat or something, right? Yeah, I mean, it had chains on it so or barbed wires. So I guess it's like upgraded version of a baseball bat. Baseball bat 2.0. Well, before we start going into the storytelling, you tell me what led to that inevitable death. What do you do, uh, Glenn? Ah, uh, well, I'm sort of uh, in between careers right now. I've spent the last six years being a real estate broker, um, but I recently, just this past May, graduated. Uh, I have a bachelor's in applied mathematics, and I'm trying to trans transform transition. Into- Transition. Yeah, transition, thanks, into uh, being like a software engineer. Okay, I have a really big question for you that you might be able to answer because of the real estate factor. Sure. Is it technically watching somebody inside of their house if their whole house is made of glass? Hmm. Like, that's not stalking, is it? No, I don't think so. I feel like the glass is really an invitation at that point. That's what I'm saying. Like, you got to be like... I don't care what people think. I'm just going to walk around naked. Like you're obviously you want people to watch you if you have a house full of glass. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's glass. They know it's glass. Yeah. If you're choosing to walk around naked, then you've made that bed. You've made that bed and now you have to lay in it and somebody's going to watch you through the freaking window laying in that bed. Hmm. That's a little spooky. I I don't know. Does the glass house have curtains? Okay. Now that's a big debate because I don't think there's enough curtains. Like I've seen houses where like the whole wall is like glass. And I'm like, we live next to a golf course. You are basically screwed if somebody decides to whack at it because their wife left them or something. And next uh-huh. thing you know, that ball goes like 50 feet farther and hits right through your window. Or it could be like you got the Elon Musk money where you can like hit a remote and then these shades or blinds just start going bing, all the way across the whole entire thing. Yeah, well, let me hit you with some window facts here. Uh, most of the time in houses that are two stories, the up, upper windows, if they're like pretty low to the ground, have to be made out of tempered glass. So it's harder for children from an accident. So I would bet that on a golf course, any course facing windows would have to be tempered glass, right? You know, the same kind of glass that would be like a car window, where if you, you hit it, it's not, not going to shatter. Are you telling it's me like a, Bird Box is bullshit where the lady runs out the window? <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes on older houses, um, they're not tempered. 
<laughs> it's like uh, if you go to Vegas, there you realize that there's like barely any hotels with windows that open up because people that would just gamble and lose their money, they would jump out. So it was. Oh like, yeah. Oh my. That's a man. What a morbid thought. You really got to look at the world and analyze it because I feel like there's some stuff that's like pretty like, oh, we're just accepting this as like truth. And this is all like some pretty sketchy, dark stuff. Yeah. You know what really blows my mind is that for basically everything you just pass by on the street or take for granted, there's somebody who's really put a lot of thought into all the ways that that thing could be used or go wrong, like the hotel windows, right? The average person, I'm sure, doesn't think about jumping out of that window, but to be the building designer and say, yeah, people are going to off themselves like this, or, um, you know, even, I don't know, something more trivial, like making, you know, your, if your cell phone gets too hot, you could burn yourself, but people don't think about that, right? But there's somebody whose job it is to make sure that, you know, that battery doesn't get too hot and explode or burn you. It's all learning by trial and error. I guarantee you when the casinos first opened up, they were they were not thinking about keeping closed windows. And then after a few times, like, we definitely should put a lock on that at least. Like, at my hotel that I used to work at, um, actually, my first six months there, I almost fell out of an 11th story window. Uh, the reason why is it's a classic old hotel. So you have to actually unlock the window and then you have to take the pane glass out and then you have to you know, scrub it and then you put it back up there after it's dry. Well, the top doesn't, it just falls down. So I to get out there, I was like, all right, I'm just going to, my arms aren't long enough. I'm a short guy. So I just stuck my hand out there to get the window. So I stood on the ledge and then the window fell down and went in like out, like it broke and it hit me right in the knees. And I almost went face first, 11 stories. And a dude was behind me was just like, you almost just fucking died. I was like, I know. He's like, are you going to clean the rest of the windows? I'm like, hell no. <laughs> did he, uh, did he catch you or anything or? No, he was like, you could see him like paused in the hallway. Like he was about to start running and jumping towards me. But I, I caught myself where I was like, oh shit. Like, you know, they're like small windows, kind of like this zoom box. So if I really got closer to the camera, my shoulders wouldn't be able to get out of the frame. You know what I mean? Yeah. So related question to that. Um, I'm not a ghost. <laughs> well, I am right. Cause I've already died. So it's okay. It's going to be a ghost cast. Oh, that's right. You died in The Walking Dead. I totally forget. That's what I'm saying. With this podcast, I'm all over. I forget what I said two minutes ago. That's okay. Um, have you had any other near-death experiences or have you ever reflected on how close we all are to death at any given time? Honestly, yes. I gave myself a panic attack last week because I started really thinking about the blood that was going through my heart. And then I really narrowed it down to a point where I was like, imagine the blood rushing through the right ventricle and the right ventricle is like an air pump just going. Imagine if that just exploded. And then I had to lay by my car for a little while because I was just like, oh, God, I, I, <laughs> I want to go back. Yeah. Uh, how old are you, Robbie? I'm 22, sir. Okay, so you're a little bit younger than I am. I bet when I've had I was, more near-death experiences than you, though. I don't know. Well, I've been – I have a very strong sense of self-preservation, so probably. Well, you've never had – you just asked me if I had a near-death experience, and now you're telling me you've never had a near-death experience? Well, the thing that made me think about that question was I had a dream the other night, um, and every once in a while I'll have these dreams. And so in this one, you know, I was like – back in school or in grad school or something. God, I've had those. And 
I was about to go home and I was driving on the highway and you know, if you've ever been around a big city like Chicago, they have the, you know, there's roads that, you know, they merge down onto other roads and you're, you know, so at any given time you could be like 50 or hundred feet in the air driving. Yeah. Um, and in my dream, I somehow missed that one of those was closed and I like went, you know, uh, fucking final destination off the thing or like road yeah, dude, I hot wheeled off of it. Um, and that I, you know, I woke up in a real panic and you know, part of me was like, what if I actually died? And, you know, I'm just, when you die, you wake up into a new reality. And then this is That's like a totally what, different life I've never lived. This goes down a thing that really screwed me up one time was the fact I was like, what happens if I died in my dream or if I died and then this is just my brain, like in a coma or something, or maybe I didn't die, but I got in a car accident, I'm in a coma. And this is all just like my brain creating this false reality because I heard a drug story, uh, Steve Cantwell usually mentioned, uh, he took salvia and then went in this drug trip. He was only gone 45 seconds in reality, but was gone eight years in a drug trip, living this whole other life in Austin, Texas, or Tyler, Texas. And I'm like, like, I'm hearing the story of myself. I'm like, that's what, like, the scene from My Name is Earl, where he gets hit by the car and he's in the coma and his whole life's like a TV show. I'm like, is that what my life is right now? Because this is the worst run fucking coma dream I have ever been in in my entire life. Shit's all falling off everywhere. I'm like, what was the production value on this shit? Yeah, all the writers quit mid-season. And... You've never really had a near-death experience? That's, like, shocking to me because I've had, like, three. Um... The closest probably was last year. I got a really bad infection in my finger and I didn't, at first I didn't know it was infected. I thought I just, you know, like, have you ever cut your nail really short and then your finger kind of hurts because you keep bumping the soft part underneath on stuff? Yeah. And you keep touching it. So it causes even yeah. more pain, but it feels good at the same time. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so it was like that. Um, and then after a few days of it hurting, one day I started feeling really sick and I noticed that like I had gotten up from my computer and my hips really hurt. And like, you know, I, I touched like my groin and my lymph nodes, they were really swollen. And I'm like, well, I've got, uh, you know, obviously I have some kind of infection and I, I didn't connect it to my finger. So I went to the doctor and they thought maybe I had like a urinary tract infection or something. Um, In your and then finger? I, well, no, I, I, I thought my finger was like something separate and I Oh, I thought we were like different. entering the movie uh what is it, uh scary movie three where they start peeing out of their fingers. I was like, Oh shit, I never even <laughs> thought of that one. No, so actually even by the time I got to the doctor I was feeling better. Um, although my finger was still hurting. So they were like, Oh whatever, he probably just maybe had the flu or something. And then the next day I, I'm in the shower and I look down and my arm um I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of like a blood infection or something where um, it's in your veins and they turn black and it'll like go up your yeah. arm. And then if it gets to your heart, it's you called know, the devil possessing you. Yeah. So I had something sort of like that, except it was uh, a really bright red streak all the way from my finger up to like my forearm. And I was like, Oh, that doesn't seem like it's good. So I asked my girlfriend, I was like, Hey, should I be worried about this? And she's like, I think you need to go to the hospital. Um, and so I called my mom because she's a nurse and I was like, Hey mom, what do you think about this? And she's like, go to the hospital right now. Uh, and anyway, I managed to get into my doctor's office. And by the time, and that was like two hours later, 
and it had like traveled from the middle of my forearm like halfway up my bicep by that point and uh it was just a shot of antibiotics to fix it but it was like a really severe infection and it actually kind of messed me up for the past like year because um the lymph nodes in my groin being so swollen like i don't know it, it, it made you could google me... that on webmd and it would tell you you have testicular cancer you know that <laughs> You're so yeah. freaking lucky your mom's a nurse where you can just pull that out. I was like, I'm going to call my mom. She's a nurse. She'll know what to do or she'll do this or she'll give me better advice. Me, I just like Google a symptom or something. And it's like, you have stomach cancer. I'm like, all I did was eat two boxes of Raisin Bran in one sitting. There's no freaking way. <laughs> but then like 10 minutes later, you're in so much pain where it feels like you just swallowed mud. And you're like, oh, it's right. It's whoever this genius is on the computer that typed this article into WebMD is 100% true yeah life is really absurd isn't it you could just die from cutting your fingernail too short what would be the worst way to die though hmm everyone says catching on fire but i've talked to people that have been severely burned and they talk about that the pain is so bad it actually turns good so it's like a crossover like the scene in the gray where the guy's dying he's like it's going to be like a warm blanket coming over you and you will feel good and you feel warm hmm. And I'm like, I feel like the worst way to go, it's not drowning. I've almost done that. It's not that bad. Um, maybe jumping off a building. Yeah, I've heard jumping off a building or people who jump off like the Golden Gate Bridge have an instant moment of clarity as they tumble toward their death or they're like, oh, I made a mistake doing this. I wonder um, if this is true, but I was always like, what happens if somebody jumped off this bridge, like the Bay Bridge? And then like my dad would be like, oh, you would explode into like a million pieces. And I'm like, is that true? Or are you just saying that so I don't do it? But now I'm curious. Hmm. Well, they say when you hit the water from a really high spot, it's like hitting concrete because of the surface tension. So maybe, I mean, I don't think you would explode like a bomb, but you would definitely splat like i think the worst thing in the world like i've heard like all right so this is actually you you tossed out a window fact i'm gonna toss out a cop fact for you so you know how right. they determine murder versus suicide if somebody jumps off a building no depending how the body falls because if you ever try and jump off something extremely high head first it's impossible because your body naturally turns you like a cat lands on their feet it's because you, it's, it's trying to immediately instinctually save itself so whenever you see somebody like that, oh, they hit head first or something, a cop immediately knows that's murder. Because in, in the mafioso days, they would take people and just chuck them off fucking buildings. Wow. School doesn't See, that's what I'm talking that. about. There's like so much hidden meaning behind everything that happens. And knowing that like landing one way versus another way means something totally different. Yeah, and then you start to wonder why there's all these just chalk outlines everywhere. Like, whoever this <laughs> artist is just sucks. Like, oh my, like, why does he keep, who is this guy? Why does he keep putting up these body marks everywhere? It's like, those are people that have died. It's like, oh, imagine if we just left those there. Like, you, every time someone dies in that spot, they instead of pulling up the tape, they have to leave that there. You would walk into New York City like, holy shit, I live in hell. I literally live in hell. How many people do you think have, like, ever jumped off a building though it can't be not just building that many right? about getting shot getting stabbed getting oh yeah okay well that does raise the uh body count quite a bit doesn't it okay 
would getting hit by a car be the worst thing? I feel like that's pretty bad if you're just walking as like a pedestrian. Because I always look at like car accidents that happen and people fly over the roof of the car. I'm like, that's a Honda Civic, dude. That's taking out your fucking shins. There's no way you're flying over the car. <laughs> that thing is running you over like a speed bump. Yeah. And um, modern cars, I, I've heard, have like, there's a way that if a pedestrian gets hit, you land on the hood um, and there's like little airbags in it that will pop the hood up to make it soften your landing. Or fucking trampoline them up in the air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the worst way would be some a way that you were in like a prolonged state of knowing that you were dying um but not being able to do anything about it so maybe like oh shit lou gehrig's disease yes yeah, so, yeah something like that or or um even like getting a limb cut off or something right well lou gehrig's disease is like i think this is what it is it's um where your body, basically, you lose all functionality of your body, like being able to move your hands, but it's at such a slow rate. So one day you would just wake up and then you you wouldn't be able to move your feet and you wouldn't be able to move your legs and then you wouldn't be able to move your hands. And then you're just locking yourself down inside your body until all you can think, like you're just like a vegetable, but you can still pay attention. Everything's moving around you. I think I think you're right. I think that would be the worst. Uh, I, I've heard a lot of people say like having Alzheimer's is a really bad way. You fucking forget five minutes later, dude. My grandma had Alzheimer's. She's happy as a clam. Yeah, so that's that, that what I said, too. It's only bad for the people who have to take care of you. For, you <laughs> then know, you're, you're just a chore. <laughs> mm-hmm. what, uh, what other near-death experiences have you had? I was hit by a jet ski. That was probably my most recent one. And then I had carbon monoxide poisoning, which was pretty scary. It makes me always check my house. I feel oh, like yeah, that's... I got something from that. And also, it's the reason why I hate Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> well, expand on that. Why? Um, what does Sleeping Beauty have to do with carbon monoxide poisoning? So when I was probably about three or four years old, small little kid, I think just the age where you're just in kindergarten, <laughs> I stayed home because I wasn't feeling too well. And everybody in our house wasn't feeling well. This is the age before they had the detectors for that. We still had the gas stoves and all that. And not everything was electric like it usually is now. Um, and I remember I was just like laying on the couch and I was super sick. But the weird part about why nobody else kind of got as bad as I did was because I was so little, I couldn't leave the house to go hang out with friends. My brother, who's four years older, would leave the house and go hang out with his friends. So then he'd be out in the fresh air and feel better. Well, I just stayed inside the house, keep getting worse and worse and worse. Everybody else was going into work and stuff. And oh man! So then eventually, I just like fell face first onto the couch and threw up, and then rolled off of it. And then like I was like, I don't wouldn't call it a seizure, but I was kind of like shaking on the ground. And my mom's like, "Holy shit! What do I do?" Pulled me out, take me out to the car. Ambulance comes, fireman picks me up, and next thing I know, I'm getting drove to the hospital. And they start doing what they have to do in a uh, exposure like that, and they start taking out blood. You know, I'm getting needles shoved in my arm. I'm like blacking in and out. Next thing I know, I'm getting tubes stuck up my nose. And they pulled out the movie Sleeping Beauty when I was like, everything was done. And when I just needed to recuperate. And they pulled out Sleeping Beauty and they played it eight fucking times. And about the fifth time in, 
I had the tubes up my nose still. I had to eat something. So I, they gave me a peanut butter sandwich. No jelly. So a dry-ass peanut butter sandwich on some Wonder Bread with tubes up my nose while watching Sleeping Beauty. So every time I see that movie now, I get fucking anxiety. I'm like, I'm craving a PB, but I don't want the jelly. And I also hate this movie. Yeah, that, well, that's understandable. That's an extraordinarily traumatic experience. Although I will say I'm a peanut butter, no jelly kind of guy. It's honestly better sometimes. It depends on the jelly. I think too many people think on the lines of grape, but like I'm always the type of guy. How do you make your peanut butter? How do you make your sandwich? Um, I usually a, a peanut butter sandwich. I like the Skippy creamy peanut butter. Um, I've really been eating a lot of like potato bread lately, uh, as opposed to like wheat or white bread. Um, gluten yeah i i get like really stuffy if i eat too much like gluten stuff it doesn't really hurt my stomach but um you just feel like shit it's like eating pasta yeah so i'll do that the thing i don't like about jelly ever since i was a kid i I always i didn't really like the texture of it and it was it was too sweet and i felt like it it was a very overpowering taste even though i like i liked fruit I'm literally probably um, of the small portion of the population of white people that do not like mayo. I just, it's the consistency. It's too much like come to me. I don't know what it is. I look at it. I'm like, <laughs> that's disgusting. You're throwing that on your sandwich. How do you feel about cilantro? An amazing singer, but not, I don't know. Isn't that like a spice? I'm trying to think what cilantro is or is that meat? No, cilantro is uh, it's a an herb. It's like a, a oh, it's great on pizza. Stem. It's great on pizza. Yeah, my my girlfriend loves it, um, but it always I feel like the taste of it, unless it's only a very small amount, is extremely overpowering. Yeah. And there's a certain percentage of people that say it tastes like soap. So I don't know if I'm one of those people, but um, definitely is like it's too strong for me where do you stand on oregano i like oregano i remember i got a bag of weed given to me and he said it was good weed but i had a lot of seeds in it it was fucking oregano they called it (laughs) they called it fire or they called it fireball or something and you would smoke it and he was like it just gives you a sore throat when you get high and i was (laughs) like okay and i was like 14 years old and i smoked it i'm like started smelling it and i'm like yo i got this shit in my fucking cabinet like what is this and i (laughs) I looked and it was oregano and it was a friend that did it to me too i was like wow he goes you smoked it i'm like yeah he goes did it get you messed up i was like no it was fucking stuff you put on dominoes that's immediately (laughs) what my brain thinks every time now i'm like i remember that i remember when i was in like high school um or maybe it was just after high school there was like a small trend for a little while of people buying like incense from the gas station and then hitting it in a little pipe like you would marijuana um fucking hate incense so much (laughs) and i'm like Uh, i'm pretty sure that's not doing what you think it's it's doing and they're like nah bro this fucks you up there's two things of incense that i can't stand i just don't like incense and i hate sage i know people are like i'm cleaning i'm cleansing the house of these evil spirits i'm like it's honestly pissing me off even more so all (laughs) of them are going into me or something but it's like incense calm and serene when i smell it i'm like 
smells like ass and it's honestly not doing that effect to me at all yeah i like it in small amounts but too much of it is too much and you uh, if you get too like close to it yeah it's like I think it's very like overpowering if you're like not on the other side of the room or something. It's, it's overpowering for any environment. Like people that light them in their bathroom, I'm like, I have to really take a shit, but I'm not going in there. How do you feel about scented candles? I'm actually a fan. I'm staring at one right now that says berry and tobacco. I don't know how they do it. I don't, but every time I go to the candle store, it's like unicorn Febreze. I'm like, what the fuck does that smell like? And you smell it and you're like, oh, that's exactly what a unicorn for breeze would smell like. Yeah. I used to work at Bed Bath & Beyond and um, part of the section I worked in was the candle section. So I was always like over there huffing them. You see my face? Yeah. Did you meet Morty? <laughs> no. The guy from Click, whatever his name was. Oh, man, that movie. That was uh, that was always the joke. Like, what's in the Beyond section? Is there a Beyond section? Uh, funnyly enough, that's what they called the website um, for the store when I was there. What? Or oh, hold yeah. on a second. You just got me very curious about something because I feel like we're now we're just pulling up life facts that a lot of people aren't really too hip on from like the casinos and stuff. What? I'm going to Google this on my phone. What does CVS stand for? Because it actually has a really big fucking meaning to it. Because, you know, Prince, he used to buy all his prescriptions by himself. Like, he wouldn't have somebody go get them to him. So you would just see Prince randomly walk into a CVS and get his prescriptions. Really? Is it like, um, is it a German company where it stands for some long thing like BMW? No, it stands for Consumer Value Stores. Wow, I I would not have gotten that apparently supposed to hold consumer value over any other company that rivals in the pharmacy industries and somebody put the urban dictionary says crappy variety store pharmacy chain <laughs> that stocks health and beauty supplies snacks food and how they got some weird stuff in cvs i'm like there's literally everything like did mm-hmm. your did your teeth fall out of your mouth well they got dentures it's like you got literally anything you can possibly think of who wants the beach towels it's like we're not even at the beach doesn't matter we got it yeah, the one by my house has a whole huge section on as seen on TV products for problems fun. that no one has. <laughs> those are fun. I bought one of those non-burn uh, pans, whatever you get, the, the non-stick ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does not work at all. I just made eggs before this podcast, and I can tell you right now that half my eggs stuck to the damn frying pan, where now my house smells like burnt eggs. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. You know, we got a set of like a couple pans and um, a pot that were nonstick maybe weeks ago. And for the first, you know, there's supposed to be like that copper ceramic nonstick. Yeah. Uh, which may or may not be a similar material to what you're talking about because that was the first time I'd ever seen it was on like an infomercial. But it really worked. It was amazing for the first like week. And then I don't know if the coating like comes off if you put it in the dishwasher yeah you burned burned it off and you know we're gonna have cancer now i don't know freaking teflon i smell it dude i every time i cook on it the thing went from copper to black and like people like just throw it out i'm like it's gonna lead into my question what is the best versus the worst christmas gift you have ever received oh man um hmm 
My best. worst is that freaking pan, dude. I still have it. I was not <laughs> wanting it. I remember when I got it, this was probably like two years ago. I was like, they told us in school not to smoke out of copper tubing. And now you're giving me something made of copper. She's like, it's for your fucking eggs, you dummy. I'm like, well, it looks like a bong if I tried hard enough. <laughs> the best gift I ever got probably was, and, and maybe this was only the best because it was so novel to me being a very young child. Um, I remember I must've been like four or five. This is one of my earliest memories was it was getting close to Christmas and I was sitting in my room and I was trying really hard to like write a list to Santa, but I didn't really know how to write yet. So I was like, I want a Superman action figure and a Spider-Man action figure. And I tried, you know, I, I really just made like scribbles probably on the, the piece of paper I was writing on, but somehow I don't know if my parents heard me, you know, talking about this out loud to myself or what, but I got exactly what I wanted, which was like this bomb ass Superman action figure and a Spider-Man action figure. And I was like, wow, Santa, even though I know I'm not really writing anything because I was old enough to know that that wasn't really probably writing. I was like, somehow he figured this out. Can you sue your parents for reading your mail if it wasn't addressed to them, it was addressed to Santa? Or does that come into a loophole of like, but your parents are Santa? And then it's like, wow, I just screwed up a bunch of kids listening to this episode. Kids, <laughs> it's not true. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Santa does get those letters at some point. Um, like, I know people that keep them in like a box like and show them when they're older. I'm like, why? That's like, I would be like, it's you're getting sued. Like you kept the evidence. You're supposed to burn it. Yeah. The technicality here is that it's a federal offense, at least in the U.S., for someone to read mail that you've received. But I don't think that it's illegal to read mail that you have not sent out yet. So if they intercept it before it goes to the post office, it's fair game. Laws are so freaking weird. Like, did you know in the right of way, you know how you're supposed to pull over if an ambulance comes? Yeah. You know what you're supposed to do if a male person comes and there's like, you're at a four-way stop. There's a male person, there's an ambulance. You let the male person go first because they're more important than the person dying in the ambulance because they work for the federal government. You're like, <laughs> so our mail is more important than people's lives. It's like, I got to get that Amazon two-day ship. I got I got a fork. <laughs> coming in, yeah. the, in the box jeff bezos has entered this chat um i did not know that that's an that's an I incredible learned, fact i learned that shit in driving school he's like if you're at a four-way stop and an ambulance a police officer and a male person is in the way who do you give the right to first everybody's like fucking <laughs> ambulance somebody's dying he goes nope it's the male person you're like what well, who gets next uh right of way is it it's definitely the ambulance i don't think a cop cares <laughs> Pulls the ambulance over for running through the red light. Excuse me, sir. We have somebody dying in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that this is. Have you ever ridden an ambulance? Um, not because I was sick. I, I've only been in an ambulance. Um, like earlier this year, my girlfriend got into a car accident. Oh, shit. And she was sitting in the ambulance when I got there. Um, but I've never. But that's the only time I've ever been in one. Did she die? <laughs> no, <laughs> she was fine. Uh, her car got pretty messed up, but it was like a, you know, the the meme of the old guy who can't see anything, just you know, pulling out in front of you. 
Oh yeah, that happens. That surprisingly happens a lot. It really goes back to what we were saying about death. Like everybody's really just kind of getting through. It feels like there's these so many opportunities where we're like, we just made that opportunity. Like that that could have easily went so freaking bad. Like when you're doing a Jenga tower and you pull the block and you're like, this could easily go completely sideways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um and I oh oh so what I wanted to get back to talking about that we're back on death was um you you said you had a panic attack about it the yeah a couple days ago or whatever um I've just had like when I was like 25 probably uh, I'm 28 now I had this realization that uh, I was not some infinite being and that my mortality was all but guaranteed and really it's something I've been struggling with for the last like three years is this uh existential crisis about trying to come to terms with the fact that i'll eventually die and like what what does that mean so i got a big i got a big thing for you to hit on this and i've been i've thought i got humbled very young when that jet ski hit me i was like oh shit i'm not invincible i can die and Honestly, when I'm gone, I might not even be a speck of a thing that's going to even affect this universe. Not even fucking close. So then I, I, th- I started thinking of this. Is it better to be remembered by everyone for a second or remembered by few forever? Hmm. About in, like basically being remembered by your close friends, the loved ones, the people you do your podcast with, the people that care about you, want to talk to you every day, and honestly mean something. Or is it better to be famous and be in the spotlight for a minute and then gone in a second? It doesn't make any sense, but we're all chasing the fame because it's all about a thing over quality and quantity. We care more about the quantity than the <coughs> quality of love. Yeah, I think probably the the more important one is to be remembered by those closest to you uh because you know either way really in the scheme of things we exist for you know not even the blink of an eye and then we're gone um and who knows you know in a million years what humanity will be like but almost certainly nobody who's existed up until this point will be remembered right not even (laughs) Will, will you be living in a million years yeah, the, the Neuralink came out, so I don't – honestly, I wouldn't get it. I'm going to be Amish as possible when it comes to most things. Like, this is the farthest I'll dive into technology. If it becomes something that starts going inside of us, I'm like, I've seen iRobot. It does not end well for anybody. Yeah, I'm not opposed to the Neuralink, um, but I think I'm not going to be an early adopter of it. You know what really scared the shit out of me is the fact that I saw RoboCop and it was like when he woke up and they had all the parts of like him all robotic. He's like, take it off, undo it. And they just start taking everything off and you just see him with like a head and the lungs is left. Like, oh yeah, that scares, that would, that would, that would cause me to have a heart attack. I would be like, oh my God, I couldn't do this. Like if I got hit by a car, was in a coma and like, we could bring him back, but we got to replace some things. You know what the weirdest thing is? Scientists did a study a long time ago using male patients, for instance. When they wake up from a surgery or they wake up from something, the first thing that they would always check, can you guess what it was? This was before the age of cell phones. Hmm. Uh, 
your penis. Exactly. They checked their dick. That was the first thing because that means more to you. They did a study recently on this, and guess what people check now? Your penis still. No, it's your cell phone. Your cell no. phone is more important than your dick. Oh, man, I don't know. I'd At least me, I would be like, is everything, everything good down there? It's like How we doing? You always got to like, after you get into a traumatic incident or you have a traumatic experience, you always got to check yourself and make sure nothing's like wrong. Like, is my arms okay? Are my legs okay? Is everything working all right? Same thing with the surgery. You check if everything's there. Are my <laughs> kidneys still intact? That's the biggest fear for me is if I go into surgery and some dude's like, he's got two kidneys. He only needs one. Let's donate this on the black market. <laughs> we won't say a damn word. I'm like, why do I have this scar right here? Like, you kept moving. I was like, but I was knocked out. How was I moving? like a marionette they just tied ropes to me and started dragging me around the surgery room mm -hmm. he's got it appendicitis a, you know it's like when you hit your elbow or something with that little hammer and you have a reflex motion bro imagine if every time you hit your elbow somebody died do you get a pick who died or just hey just a random person you're sitting there having coffee you bang your elbow dude across the street just conks out man i would be uh I'd be a mass murderer then because I'm pretty clumsy and I'm, I'm smacking up on everything. I don't think I've ever hit my best hit, efforts. I don't think I've ever really hit my elbow, but I've hit my funny bone. And I'm like, what the, what, where, where's this bone? I have studied the physical anatomy and I cannot find this fucking bone. <laughs> uh, oh, to, to go back to your RoboCop um, thing. I think I welcome transhumanism. Even if I don't want to be an early adopter, I, I think that, you know, the way our bodies are now and technology is just, you know, stepping stone to something else. And I agree with I'm you. I'm interested on the to see what it is. I agree with you on the fact of it would probably help out in a lot of everyday things, but I know people don't stop at just one. We tend to go a little bit too far. Next thing you know, you're more machine than man. And that's I, maybe if you had a limit, like if you, like there was a, a amount of procedures you can do, you can only do two. So you have to pick like two really, really good implants and they can't affect your brain and they can't affect your appendages, such as like your dick. They can affect your arm, but they can't affect like the two things that make you what you really are. Like people are like, well, your heart makes you, no, no. A dick makes you more of a human than anything, I'm pretty sure. Or another region of a woman. Let me blow your mind here. I was listening to this podcast actually right before we got on here while i was walking my dog um it's uh this ai researcher from mit named lex friedman and he was interviewing this guy who is like a neuroscientist and they're talking about brain plasticity um it's called the i think it's called the lex friedman podcast now if you want to check it out it's really good Why? long form science discussion i have to avoid that because he's named after a super villain lex luther <laughs> well um, he seems to have benevolent intentions. Uh, they all do. Castro <laughs> was known to be a good guy. No, he wasn't. <laughs> um, well, anyway, they they were talking about the Neuralink and then um, people who have cochlear implants or ocular implants. Yeah. And, you know, when you have a cochlear implant, I guess it's a little microphone with some diodes that attach to your, yeah, uh, the in, inside of your ear, and you can learn how to hear with that. Um, 
And this guy he had on made this really interesting statement about how um, no matter what, he, he said, you, you know, your limbs and your eyes and ears, they're really just, uh, you know, tools, right? But if you look at other animals, some of them have wings or uh, four legs. And, but we all basically have the same brains, right? They're structured a little differently sometimes, but all the cells are mo more or less the same across the animal kingdom. So your brain is just this thing that can take all of this sensory input and doesn't even matter now, right? If it's a uh, mechanical input from uh, a computer chip or if it's a biological input from a, a limb and eventually just figures out how to use it. And so I just thought that was so profound because like, you know, it doesn't matter if we have what we look like now, right? Our brains are what really makes us human. So if we have robot bodies, you know, we can learn to live in that paradigm, right? We don't necessarily need to be um, biological creatures. This, this is fucking me up worse than Interstellar did. <laughs> I was contemplating space for like two weeks on that one. I was like, imagine if there is this other reality or other plane of existence where you could literally get sucked through a black hole to the point where you could exist in reality but no one could know you existed because you hit such a different level on such a like it's like if you watch um ant-man and he goes into he like keeps drinking himself until he comes back into the world i'm like is that a fucking thing like <laughs> are we not paying attention to the fact that we're all just moving particles here comes the panic attack okay see when you really start diving down into that of all the molecular level of shit and all the complete like we don't even pay attention to a sunrise hardly anymore so it's like if you really start narrowing down to that like how into detail can you go but you brought up a good point though in the beginning You've been saying a lot of amazing things, but I'm saying in the beginning, you brought up the cell phone thing with the battery. Like we said, people learn from mistakes. Back in the day, people's phones would explode to their fucking ear from the battery overheating. I know so many cases where a dude left his phone in his car, uh, came out a couple hours later, grabbed it, started talking on it, and the thing exploded and blew off like half of his face. So <laughs> We learn from shit. So I'm like, maybe with all the implants, we're going to learn. Like some dude's going to have an, a, a bionic hand. You ever see the dude with the bionic arm on YouTube? And it shows you how he can like do all these different poses. And the thing starts doing the jacking off thing. And it starts banging yeah. the table and he can't get it to stop. And I'm like, imagine that on your crotch. You're just going to rip the thing right off. And it's <laughs> slapping you with it. Yeah, but then you get a robo dick. You that can't, can dude. The extra. Would you replace your dick? I don't know. It's yours. I mean, in in theory, if there was a better version of it. But it's going to be like I'm the not... template model, so everyone's going to have the same dick as you. Like, there's yeah, no, but then... this is the Chuck Berry version of the, no, there's not going to be that fucking, I'm wearing Morgan Freeman's dick. No, there's none of that. It's just going to straight up be like, it's going to be a same blank template thing like the iPhone is. Like, everybody's going to have it. Yeah, but like, don't you think that people would have a a dick tuning culture like people tune cars or build computers and overclock them or whatever people would be like overclocking their penis or it's running you know at some crazy frequency and then you know they added a length attachment or something or now it can tell you what the weather is i don't know 
But you have to learn from that too. You know how many people be overclocking their dick to where it explodes on them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's probably literally every been, teenager. See, people are just obsessed with advancement and trying to replace the original for something better. Like there's there's a surgery you can do where you can get an implant in your dick. What they do is they take a metal rod, like an actual, there's different sizes, small, medium, large. And what it does is it just makes your dick that length. It like stretches it, but then you can't get hard or anything. But people have literally died from trying to make their dick bigger, trying to get the large implant. And it just doesn't, it doesn't go through. I'm like, think of that though. You're more willing to risk to increase your dick size. Are you that like, is it that bad? Like, is it that, I don't, I, apparently <laughs> like it, it's like girls don't, you know, they care about the emotion and the person they're with. They like the intimate connection. But I mean, I guess if you're going after like Tinder girls or something, you end up like, Oh, I got to do this. Yeah. And also I think that in that case, length is the wrong dimension, right? It's really from what I understand about the width. And you can't fit in the thing. It's like being in a tunnel and you're driving a semi. It's not going to work. Yeah. It's quite the conundrum. Uh, I think, well, right now, where we're at doesn't seem like it's wise to insert anything into your body unnecessarily because you have to deal with rejection issues and our material science isn't in the right spot because things will break down eventually. Dude, you got me on a fun fact bonanza. So when people get shot, if there's no bullet shatter or there's no like um, the bullet like goes in a million pieces or it doesn't break anything or it doesn't get lodged in an organ, if it's just like straight through and gets stuck there, like it's in like a butt cheek or something, you know what they'll do? They'll actually leave the bullet in there because your body will naturally reject the foreign object. Yeah, and it pushes it out, right? Or something. That's fucking nuts. So would we immediately reject our implants because it's a foreign object? Yeah, well, that's the that's the reason why I wouldn't try to do a Neuralink or something right now. I'm calling, dude. We're we're creating it right now. We're calling it that in like a month or two from now, there's gonna be people that are like sleeping and they're like, I woke up and the Neuralink was on my pillow and now I can't move my arms. It's like, bam, there you go. Yeah, but then also, you know, with that, they have to like cut a small portion of your skull out and then feed something into it, and so. Right, like your skull doesn't close back up. So you now you have this foreign object in there and then also a hole. So you're more susceptible to infections. It just seems like that's not not the right. You know they use a freaking Dremel to cut open your skull. Yeah, it's just like uh and the little saws. Yeah, it's like something you get Home Depot or something. I'm so happy that like the medical industry has at least advanced from like the 19th century days. Like I got really heavily into like the fascination of 19th century Victorian surgery because my buddy was just interested in it. So I was just trying to get topics to shoot at them. And uh, dude, the, the fact that like people, always, like you were saying earlier about how you started going to the doctors, you started feeling better. It's because inherently in your mind, you know, that you actually like the hospital is the worst really place to go. People think that's the place to go for an emergency, but it's like, you're around sickness. You're around, Mm -hmm. you're going to get sicker if you go to the hospital. That's why doctors used to make house calls. Cause back in the day, hospitals were so fucking dirty. You would just get even more, you get like an infection if we chopped your leg off. Yeah. You know what? I wonder now that we have COVID, um, maybe some of that will come back right? That almost makes sense to, if you can provide care by not going to the doctor's office around a bunch of sick people and have someone come to you or 
like telemedicine is really popular now. Doctors would start making house calls, but I don't think that would happen because of the factor of me too. You know how easy it would be if a doctor came to your house, you know, checked on you appointment wise, then left. And you're just like, he raped me. Like, how do you know? We don't have cameras at your house. We can't tell if he did something wrong or. Yeah, that's, that's really unfortunate, but I, I'm optimistic and I don't think that, um, I feel like people aren't that bad. No, there's somebody out there listening. Like this is a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. There's lots of people who are that bad and, uh, undoubtedly sometimes that actually would happen. Right. Um, you know, they're bad doctors too, of course. I've had one. He tried to get me into porn at one point. (laughs) What? Oh, that, I feel like that's a necessary side tangent to go down. He is also arrested, so don't want to bring back that emotional trauma. (laughs) Okay, then we'll let that one rest. But um, it seems like people nowadays, I I feel like the Me Too movement is because of a series of behaviors that was really popular, you know, or, or more accepted over the last several decades, but it seems like, you know, everybody I meet now, there's basically nobody who's overtly racist or sexist. Um, and so I feel like the trend of culture will be such that, you know, we won't have big, you know, rape scandals or something. I can tell you one that's happening right now. And he's the reason why I can't get him on my podcast. I've been emailing this guy. We've been chatting. He said, come back to him in like a month. And guess what? Now he's getting arrested. Ron Jeremy is getting me too'd right now. And I'm so fucking pissed about it because I had so many questions about the porn industry for that man. I'm like, Hey, Oh man, what was your first scene? Like, this is a good question. What is one celebrity or one person in the world that you would want to ask questions to? Who would you, if you had to choose one person, I already know it for me, it's not Ron Jeremy. It would be Leonardo da Vinci. I had so many questions for that guy. Oh, okay. So living or dead. Mm-hmm. Um, man, do Probably, living first. Living's easier. Li- okay. Dead. So living, um, Trump. <laughs> nah, I don't I feel like Biden. You know, I, how is your, you want to play a game of checkers? Try beating Biden. If you lose to Biden in a game of checkers, <laughs> there's something fucking wrong with you. Yeah. Well, I don't want, you know, I don't want to get crazy political, but it seems to me like it would be fruitless to talk to either of them because politics you know give you a huge incentive to lie or um misrepresent yourself it's just like the internet people always try and act different than they do that's why i'm like i gotta Mm -hmm. do this so like i just gotta be me because if i try to be like you're listening to the radio like if i try to do something like that i'm like then i like if i'm not authentic with you and you would suss it out in like an hour people that do like a five minute podcast or like a 10 minute podcast they try way too hard to be like a million different fortune cookie quotes in a matter of five minutes where you're just like, this person isn't anything like that. Yeah. Okay. So if anybody who's alive, I think I'd probably want to talk to um, like Elon Musk because he just seems to have a really interesting perspective about the world and like what humans are capable of. And I think, it's very refreshing and not a lot of people, at least a lot of public figures think like he does. 
Um, if it was somebody who's dead, probably the mathematician Leonard Euler. Um, I don't know if you know anything about him, but he's the guy who figured out, like, um, have you ever seen, you know, the, you know, something 10 to the, you know, letter fifth E. power, 10 to the fifth. And then to some power. Yeah. Yeah. So he was the one that actually calculated that compounding number E. Um, so that's the guy I want to like, beat the shit out of. That dude really messed me up in math class. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my God. When they started adding a number on top of a number, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. I just got fractions. <laughs> what are you doing to me? But um, what else did he do? He made a lot of contributions to like calculus and um, he, he's one of the most well-written mathematicians as far as like volume of work done. And I just, I just think that he would be somebody really inter interesting to talk to that would have a interesting perspective on, I mean, not just math, but life. If right? you could have Something one like secret exposed. See things differently. If you could have one secret exposed to you out of anything in the world, what would it be? Oh, um, probably how, you know, uh, does the government know about extraterrestrial life? Like what's going on with that? They already admitted they've known about it and they've seen it, but everybody's been too worried about the virus yeah. to care. I saw that and I was really surprised that it didn't um, make more headlines than it, it did. I just um, want to know if Walt Disney's frozen. That's all I want to know. Is he actually frozen somewhere or is that just a lie? Uh, probably. He's probably under... Uh, one of the Disney parks or something. He's under Mickey you know, Mouse's playhouse. Like, yeah. Those places have massive underground like tunnel systems so you can get everywhere without walking through the park if you're an employee. Oh, I need to get somebody from Disney on my podcast. I've been trying so hard, but they never want to talk about Disney unless it's in a really good way. I'm like, why do you guys, why does nobody ever die in Disney? Like nobody dies because what they do is if you get your head taken off in the park, the paramedics take you outside of the park and pronounce you dead. That's how nobody dies in Disney. Yeah. That's sick shit. That is like sadistic. That is like, and I love your shirt, Rocco. Oh my God. Oh, thanks. I saw the I ears, but I didn't uh, want to call it out and then be like, oh, that's not Rocco. Yeah, no, that's, that's Rocco and uh, his dog, whose name I'm blanking on right now. Um, out of the blank. I'm I don't know if they have these stores. <laughs> I don't know if they have these stores by you, but uh, they have these like dollar stores here called Five Below. Yes. Um, and I, I found this shirt there. No freaking and it way! Was five dollars. I, I need to go to my Five Below and yeah. see what they got. I have a, I have a Punisher shirt from there, and I have a Star Wars shirt from there, and then I bought a poster from there. I'm like, holy shit! I have all the Star Wars people on one poster. Like this is actually, and my phone screens from there. The one that doesn't break, it just when it cracks, you can just peel it off. Oh really? I've never been there before, uh, and I was really sleeping on that place, man. They have all the good candy, mm -hmm. cool T-shirts, like little toys. If I if I was a kid, that would be the jam. What would you consider the best candy? Because I think their big league chew selection is pretty on point. Hmm. Um, I don't think I've only had the original big league chew, so I can't speak about that. One candy they had, though, that I didn't even think they made anymore, and I was super psyched to see 
was the Reese's Fast Break, which is like a Reese's peanut butter cup, but in candy bar form. Oh, shit. I've it's seen that like, in Walmart, but I've, uh, I haven't seen that at Five Below. Yeah, I haven't. I hadn't seen them for years, and I just assumed they were discontinued. But that was like one of my favorite candies because it's got the chocolate and the peanut butter, but it also is like got this nice nougat underneath that's just really chewy and oh, peak Reese's experience in my opinion. Wow, dude! I started really thinking because they brought back uh, Surge. They had drinks of Surge there. I was like, wow, this was way back in the nineties. Surge. Surge. Was, was like, it like an energy drink or it's like a Coke? It was like in a Mountain Dew bottle, but it said Surge or was that yeah, yeah it was Surge. Made me think of Splurm hmm. or whatever from uh it, that's basically what Splurm was off of um Futurama. <laughs> the little drink that they had with Splurm's McKenzie. That's what uh Surge was. It was that supposed to be a parody of that. Oh, interesting. Actually, uh Maybe this will sound incredible, but I've not watched very much Futurama ever. You would love that. All my show. friends are super into it, but um, yeah, I really missed the boat on that one. That's kind of like me and South Park. I'll never watch South Park. Yeah, you know, I was, I've been thinking about South Park lately and that I should go back and watch it because I remember when, it, when it, I was a kid, that was like when it was peak popularity and... I would always feel so badass just like watching it late at night when I was supposed to be in bed before school. And I just thought it was like the funniest thing because it was kind of raunchy and I was like 10. That show gave me way too, like got me into way too much trouble. I always tried to say something they said in the show in school or something. Unless, <laughs> you know, I was in detention. <laughs> like you can't call the teacher uncle fucker. I'm like, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Um, you, what, what have you been watching lately? Honestly, Anything just good? the same Netflix stuff I've seen probably a thousand times. I try not to, I just started watching the office cause I heard it was so good. I liked it, but I'm really into like stuff. I can just tune in for background noise. Cause I'm usually just doing something like, I don't, I don't know. Like if I'm, you know, organizing my room, if I'm laying down or if I'm just like writing something, uh, but no, seriously, Sticks and Stones by Dave Chappelle is probably one of my favorite things to just keep re-listening to because it's just so funny how like you pick up something new every single time. Like you ever watch a movie and then you catch something like, holy shit. Yeah, that happens to me when I listen to music a lot. Uh, especially if I'm listening to some like really good hip hop and then I'll have listened to the song 50 times and I'll like pick out some little new uh, pun or something I didn't catch before. And I'm like, man, that's that's so good. So you want to know layers and layers and here. You want to know a really good song that you got to look up that I bet will blow your mind when you listen to the lyrics of it. Definitely. An acoustic version of Outcast. Hey ya. By who? It's Outcast. Because I've definitely heard at least one acoustic. Oh, they did their own acoustic version of it. No, you got to hear just uh, just look up a. Or is it a cover? There's like it's like the most popular one on YouTube. Some dude acoustically did it. I don't know his name. Sadly, I can't give him a shout out. Okay. It's possible I've seen it, but um it's fucking deep, dude. It's about two people like losing like a bunch of stuff and like getting separated and losing love and then like heroin and all this. And you're like, I did not get that from all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, over and over again. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's the that's the sign of a good song, right? Is that when you can do it in different genres of music and it's still good. Yeah, like Jimi Hendrix. When it's versatile like that. Jimi Hendrix took all along the Watchtower, and that's from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Who did it first? Was it Dylan? I don't know who did it. Or was first. it someone even before him? This is not a fact check podcast. I might as well fact check that because that's important information. Some person <laughs> out there is probably screaming at me like, "What the fuck?" Two or three Zeppelin albums. Those were all basically ripped off from a blues artist, right? Was it Purple Haze or was it all along the Watchtower? Oh, it was Bob Dylan. Dylan. Bob Dylan did it. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if he wrote it or if it was even because he lifted some songs from other folk or blues artists too, right? There's a everybody a big... takes shit and then turns it into their own. Who cares? If it sounds better, it sounds better. Just give the person credit. If I take somebody's information, oh, right. I try my hardest to give a shout out to. Yeah, me too. Um, I definitely don't think there's anything intrinsically wrong with imitation. Um, and I, I think that's why I like uh, like hip-hop so much is people taking a sample of some song and flipping it into something totally different and unexpected. I think that's so cool. That's kind of – I like techno for that reason, like some Skrillex or something where you start hearing like, yes, oh, my God. And then it's like – and you're like, holy shit, my ears are – I need ear implants. <clears throat> Yeah, so uh, what kind of music is your favorite then? I am the son of two DJs, so I listen to everything under the sun, but mostly I just listen to podcasts. I feel like sometimes, like right now, like I'm on a, a song kick, I would say. It would have to be like Post Malone's um, Sunflower is really good. Like it's just something that hits on like a, a deep level. Yeah, that's a that's an earworm for sure. What would you say your although I gotta song. say I'm hmm. Um lately I've been listening to a lot of this Canadian electro band called Purity Ring. They just released a new album. I guess it was a few months ago, but I've been kind of bumping it all summer. Um I was actually supposed to see them live in Chicago in May, but then coronavirus happened and all their tours got canceled. So it's kind of disappointing. Hmm. What else have I been listening to? I kind of jump around a lot. Um, my buddy Larry, who is one of the other hosts of our OK So podcast, he's real into metal music. Um, he got me into metal and uh, this like <clears throat> style of prog metal called Gent, which is sort of incorporates a lot of like electro stuff and a lot of jazz um, into it. And then um, I really like folk music, like a uh, Bonnie Vare, Iron and Wine. I don't know if you've ever listened to them. She'll be coming down the mountain when she comes. So I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of all over the place with that. I think it's pretty good to stay up to date on a lot of things, especially when it comes to music, movies, life events. I mean, even if you don't, you know, like all the new stuff that's coming out, it's still at least good to listen to it or hear a little bit of it and decide on your own i feel like too many people read a review about something before they listen to it i'm like well you're missing out yeah i actually try not to watch reviews about things before i listen to them or watch them because i don't want to be biased by what i've just read um yeah. amazon you know, reviews i'm gonna buy like a 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's a little different because if you're trying to buy a new phone or like a, a part for your computer or something, you want to know if people had problems with it. Or... We're predicting a future. People are going to be selling used Neuralinks. Like, I don't want that. That was in your fucking brain. <laughs> that was last year's model. The next model has 45% more processing power. Oh, my God. If they make it like iPhones where it's like detachable and you can plug something else in, like an Airwick into an electrical outlet, like plug it in there. Like, oh, I want a new scent today. Uh, the thing that <clears throat> scares me the most probably is that you know, it'll be like when you buy a new cell phone now and then it has Facebook or something pre-installed on it and you can't uninstall it and you're going to have a bunch of like crapware on your Neuralink. It's going to be like, no, I don't, I don't want to see yellow. yellow. <laughs> That's fine, but man, I don't want to see any more yellow page recommendations, please. Keep, I would love if the directories came back on the doorstep. That would be awesome. Did you use those a lot? I feel like... I like to rip them a lot. <laughs> you just come home after a long yeah, day well, at school and then try and rip the thing in half. And then you would just keep working on it slowly <laughs> and slowly. <clears throat> Did you ever do it? Uh, after like a week of doing yeah, it. I all made rip a small thing. one once. Like a small managed one. Yeah. It's like life. It can't be too big. <clears throat> yeah. Um, okay, so I had a, another question for you. Sorry, I, I hope I, this isn't yeah. turning into like me interviewing you. Well, oh, this is a conversation. Like I said, this isn't an interview. I know you had a few questions for me because of the look of your face. You're like, you're 22, right? I was like, oh, he's got some shit to say to me. Well, it just seemed like uh, you're – because I had just went through, you know, the existential crisis that you kind of touched on. I'm like, man, maybe – Maybe that's an interesting thing to talk about if he's going to imminently experience that. And maybe people don't, you know, all experience that. I don't know. I feel like lots of people just ignore their own mortality or whatever. Yeah, um, I know I'm going to die pretty soon. I'm okay with it. What I, I was really wondering about is like, what I, I try to ask all the guests who come on, okay, so, or um, try to distill it down into like, what makes you really tick? Like, like what, what really consumes your brain and is something you're just constantly thinking about? Oh, well, like what am I always thinking about or what pisses me off? Um, I mean, it could be what pisses you off, but I, what I, I mean, to ask the question maybe more constructive way. Like, um, you know, this podcast you do is pretty cool because, you know, you're out here like every day recording a new one, right. Mm -hmm. Or releasing a new one. Um, and you know, that, that's just gotta be a huge, you know, amount of time you're putting into it and, uh, you have to be like passionate about it. Right. But, um, besides that, are, are there any things that you're really like deeply invested in? Maybe that's a better way to put it. Um, I guess the gym, I've been doing that every day for eight years. So I spend an hour two hours there. Nice. Like I I get off work probably pretty early, but I work at a gym. So then I just go right in for a workout. I don't know. You need forms of therapy. And I feel like if I don't have like the gym is a fix for me. So it's like, if I, I can't just not do it. I can't function if I don't start my day with that. Like I'm at work the whole time. Like, when do I get off? When do I get off? I want to go to work. I want to go work out. I want to go work out. Then afterwards you just feel so much better. Oh, yeah. Like I can actually process the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel the same way. 
if I, if I don't get that workout in first thing, I just like screws up the rest of my flow. You gotta, I think everybody has a form of like meditation that way. Yeah. Are you a big weightlifter or? I, I, I don't like to like be like the super strongest in the gym, like trying to bench three plates, but I, uh, I just like doing it like, you know, six pack trying, you know, just looking good, I guess you would say, you know, I'm not like extremely ripped or anything like, oh, good. No, but like, I, I, (laughs) I just enjoy, um, the release you get from it, you know, when you're working out and all those hormones and endorphins start rising, you're like, let's, yeah, it feels good. It's like heroin. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I started off as a, like a distance runner. Um, and then I got into weightlifting and now I feel like I've been a little bit derailed since COVID-19 happened and my gym was shut down for like two months. So me and Josh, um, who you had on earlier this week, I think, uh, we lifted his little makeshift gym in his basement. He filled like two buckets full of concrete and nailed some two by fours together to make like a squat rack, but it's like a little bit too, tall for us and pretty rickety so that was, that was awesome that's a great takeaway you do what you do for what you love Hmm. yeah that is good if and you really love something you just nothing can get in your way right and the worst the worst way to die be there doing it would be getting a pencil in the ear oh that would be yeah that would be pretty bad was this podcast everything you hoped for glenn yeah, I think so. I had a really good time and I hope I can come on again or you can come on our podcast. I think that'd be awesome. Please plug the podcast, man. I know Josh did a little bit. Plug the rest of it. Well, plug all of it. Okay, so we're a podcast called Okay So. Uh, we talk about, well, it started out as us talking about formative events in our lives. Um, and now we've evolved a little bit into having regular guests on. Um, and talking to them about things that make them tick, what they like to do. And um, really this podcast is just like a love letter to mine and Josh and Larry's friendship. Um, We started doing it because we wanted to hang out more and it's turned into something that, you know, maybe could be wide reaching. And I just think that's so cool. Um, And I would encourage anybody who hears this podcast to check it out. Uh, You can find us at okaysopodcast.com or we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, uh, basically any podcast syndicator you have, you can probably find us. So, well, there's nothing better than a good old story.